0: Welcome back to the Trifecta Airsoft Podcast. I'm your host, E-Rock. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already, so you never miss another podcast. Also, do me a favor. Go on to whatever podcast app you listen to us on and give us a rating and review. That really helps us rank in the searches. Thank you so much. Let's get into the podcast. You are Airsoft Tundra. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Is that your nickname? Like call sign or whatever on the field as well?
1: Uh it's just kinda of something I came up with. Everyone just kinda of calls me by my by my normal name. So just something that yeah. just came to me one day and decided I was like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna roll with it. Yeah. You know, Nothing to too you- crazy and fancy, just kinda of basic.
0: Yeah. Now do you guys uh so you're in Utah, right? Correct. Yeah, and you guys do you play in the do you like playing in the cold? Do you play in the in the snow and in the cold and all that?
1: Yeah, I play all year round. Uh, okay. Winter time's a hit and a miss. You know, sometimes our guns will work. Other times it's just too cold. I'm like, must have <laughs> <in> my truck.
0: <laughs> For real? Too cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, somebody was talking about uh, they were playing and it was so cold out, their grease started freezing up like on their sniper rifle. Ooh. So they couldn't, you know, cycle, it, kept, it was harder and harder to cycle. I was like, shit, dude. Yeah. That's it was cold as hell.
1: That, that sounds pretty cool. I haven't had that issue, but if it gets that cold, uh, I'm out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know who? I – So you are the third or fourth person. I can't remember. Maybe the third person I've talked to in Utah. But um, it's uh, K Factor Thirty Nine. It's his mm-hmm. Instagram and YouTube. He's a sniper out there. I don't know. <laughs> Do you follow anyone else uh, that's in Utah that? Oh. Well, that's a dumb question. Duh. <laughs> you <good. laughs> No, you play by yourself. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to think. What was the um, – I can't remember the other guy's name that was out there. He was actually one of the ones that I talked to that just did the audio. He didn't – and he's a photographer. He's an air softer, but he uh, takes photographs. And I put a bunch of his pictures up <clears throat> and – um. So, yeah, it was... Uh, oh, crap,
1: what's his name? I think I might know who you're talking about.
0: Uh, really? Crap. Yeah, he... He, um... I think his name was...
1: Is it After Action Airsoft, I think? That's it. Yes. Thank actually, you. And I do, I do know him. I know him and K-Factor. I've played with K-Factor a few times. And... Oh, you've actually a lot played of, with
0: him. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, we... I played with him out there at that battle for Los Angeles uh, last year. Oh, nice! So it was kind of fun rolling with him and stuff. A lot of my guys here in Utah, they weren't. A lot of them didn't make it out, but he was going. So I kind of linked up with him, and so I was kind of his close quarter kind of guy to roll with for a while. And then, you know, airsoft goes. People just kind of separate separate ways. We kind of get right. lost.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay. So now, are you in the like same area of Utah as these guys? Do you know?
1: So I'm located up north. I'm more towards um closer to Idaho. Mm. So I live up there. A lot of my guys kind of live around Layton, kind of kind of closer to Salt Lake about an hour away from there. Oh.
0: My daughter so. lives in uh it might be Layton or Bountiful. I can't remember. It's like right by okay. Salt Lake City. Yeah.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I live I live down there. I live farther up north. I used to live down there in uh, West Valley. And then we moved up here, so there's a little bit of air soft up here north, but not as much as there is going down south.
0: Gotcha. Now, do you guys have to do the same thing? What What these guys were talking about is they don't really have fields around them. They They have they just get groups together, like pick up games, basically. Like they, they follow like a Facebook group, and let's say uh, somebody found a somebody's property to play on, and they just go out and play in a you know open area.
1: Yeah, They're that's the same thing. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes. A lot of it's okay. just public public land that we all play on, or if we're lucky, we get to go out to places like. An okay factor brought up a uh, Hiawatha for hardline. Mm. I worked with the organizer and stuff, and helped them run those games. Those are the, those are the ones I really enjoy. We can kind of get to do on private property on different places to try. Yeah, so those are the more fun ones in Utah.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. Hell yeah, man. Now, are you from Utah Arizona?
1: Yes. Yeah, I've lived okay. here my whole life.
0: Yeah. In that same area?
1: No, I um, grew up in Magna and then kind of bounced around different cities and stuff in Utah.
0: And what took you up where you're at now? Work? Yeah,
1: just, my family got a house and stuff, and they mm-hmm. moved up here, so.
0: Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Pretty nice. Now, you have uh, siblings?
1: Yeah, I do have a – I have one sibling.
0: Do they uh they know you play airsoft?
1: Yeah, she uh she knows she uh play airsoft. She's played a couple times with us, she tries to go out. Oh okay. sometimes she does, sometimes she doesn't. So it's a hit
0: and a miss. Gotcha. Well that's what I was gonna ask if they're if they're like if they've you know been exposed to it, if they're supportive, if they're, you know, into it, or or they're just like, Why are you playing with toy guns? You know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, she she
1: wants to get into it and all that, and then she was yeah. she has other hobbies that she does, so it's like decides on what what she wants to do sometimes she'll go out another time she's like no i'm gonna stay home so i'm like all right bye i'm gonna go play
0: (laughs) right right okay i gotcha cool man what kind of work do you do out there
1: i work at a butter plant as a facility maintenance
0: oh you do maintenance okay like machinery. yeah
1: okay Uh, i fix the building sometimes i do do machinery a little bit here and there but usually it's kind of minor equipment
0: oh okay Oh, so you're like building maintenance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Gotcha. That's fun too.
1: Yeah, it's, it has good days.
0: Right. Yeah, I did uh I did uh maintenance in factories for a lot of years. So I've oh, wow. machines. Yeah. Uh manufacturing, you know, die casting to you know, so injection molds. Uh down here in South Carolina it was it's mostly uh plastic. There's a lot mm-hmm. of plastic stuff down here. So, extrusion and um, thermoforming, you know, shit like that. So, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of the same type of machines uh, that run, I mean, anything with plastic is an extruder, which is like a giant Play-Doh machine, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, just working on a lot of those type of type of things for many years. Um, But yeah, building maintenance, I didn't really do too much, Um, but I hung out with, you know, of course the, all the maintenance guys. Cool. shifts, you know. Now, how did you get into that?
1: This, we went through an express company, you know, like that helps other companies find employment. Yeah. We just went through them when we first moved up here and have been working there ever since for about two years. Okay. So.
0: Did you have experience doing that kind of stuff before?
1: Uh, a little bit. Some of the stuff is kind of really just kind of day-to-day build, like normal stuff. But um, right. some stuff I have learned that is new to me, so which would be kind of nice to
0: learn. Yeah. Were you interested in uh, in that kind of thing before?
1: Um, not fully, but I did kind of always been kind of more of a hands-on, like building kind of stuff and, okay. refi- and repairing and fixing things. Fixing things. So right. I definitely was like, well, this is be something I can get used to.
0: Right, yeah. It comes natural, you know. If you if you're mechanically inclined, then uh, working on like any kind of maintenance thing, like when I went to different plants, you know, I'd go to a different factory. Be, uh, uh, they'd still be running plastic, but they would be a completely different format. So, like uh, blown film runs different than um, thermoforming. So blown film is like uh, the uh, the extruder pushes it through a round die mold that's really thin and it comes up, it goes straight up and then there's a, a pipe in the middle that um, blows it up like a balloon basically. And, uh, and so it's, you know, depending on what size of a roll of plastic you're going to get, um, that's how wide the bubble we call it. The bubble would be. And this thing goes 70 feet straight up and uh, yeah. And then it goes through a nip roller up top where it squeezes it together. And, this is how you get uh, giant rolls of plastic film. Uh, so they, you know, that goes through that and then it comes down and it gets cut and it separates into two. So you make two rolls at once. And this is where, these are the kind of rolls that they would make. Um, they would, this, like the company I worked with, they would send those rolls out to a uh, uh, a trash bag company, for example. And then they would take that roll and they would put it through their machine that that pulls it out, cuts it, you know, measures whatever, and it ends up being a trash bag. You know, seals the edges that need to be sealed, and so that's where uh, that's you know, so that runs way differently than thermoforming is, where you get your solo cups, you know, red solo cups and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like a big mold that just gets pressed. You know, it presses that that uh, cup into uh the mold or whatever with um hot plastic, like a hot plastic sheet that comes through. Yeah. And uh and it just punches them out. And um so that runs a little different. So you know when I go from that kind of thermoforming to blown film or blown film to thermoforming, the machines are you know different on the end. Um the extruders are the same. But uh like all the if you're mechanically inclined, you can just kind of bounce around and learn really quickly how this works because you have this understanding of how things work, you know, like you can kind of piece yeah. it together and it comes naturally. So that was that was always something that came naturally with me. So you've been doing this for 2 years. Um obviously you don't hate it enough to quit. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So it came natural for you. Were you doing that kind of stuff before?
1: Um not really. I was working when I in, uh, when I lived down in West Valley. I was working at a um, U-Haul facility, and I was cleaning and cleaning company trucks. Mm. But on the off time when we weren't doing anything, I'd go over and watch what the mechanics were doing, and kind of learn and help them a little bit nice. on what on what they were doing. So I kind of yeah. followed it a little. I followed it, and my my dad, grown. He was been a mechanic and everything. So okay, I kind of he would come home and show me how to do things.
0: Sure. Yeah, that's always helpful, man. And that's, uh, most uh, maintenance type of things have been, well, before YouTube became popular with uh, videos that you could learn from, mm-hmm. that's how people learned how to work on cars and all that kind of stuff was, you know, somebody showing them. You know, my dad was a mechanic as well, so I grew up working on cars. Oh, and um, Yeah, so, and then, in the military, I didn't really do anything like that. It was just uh, when I got out. After the military was my first factory job, and uh, and that's where I started learning, you know, about machines and that kind of thing. But I'd always had like a mechanical kind of background, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, do you do you work on your own airsoft guns? Do you tech?
1: Um, I do tech a little bit, but up to a, up to a certain degree. Most teching I've done is to my um, MTW from Wolverine. It's kind of I'm a field strip it, and I can like I know the ins and outs of it really quick, right? Luckily, so. It's a pretty basic gun. You kind of break it apart, and there's only like a couple of things in it, and it's done as compared to AEGs. Those are, I've never really dipped too much in the AEGs because there's just a lot to it. And I'm like, I don't want to mess something up. And then it just kind of blows right. up in your face. Maybe <laughs> yeah, like it's broken.
0: <laughs> yeah, no kidding, bro. These, uh, I've said it a few times on this podcast where when I first, uh, the first gearbox I took apart, um i didn't look up a video on it i'm like i know how to work on shit give me that thing you know they were they would come home and be like hey this thing's broken I'm like let me look at it so i'm just i have tool i had this whole wall actually before before now uh when we started channel this whole wall was uh tools so i had a you know it was pegboard and i had all the hangers and all this kind of stuff i had screwdrivers and the mini screwdriver sets and all all, all kind of tools all, all across here and so uh they'd bring them in i'm like I'll work on this shit. First gearbox I took apart for AEG, uh-huh. springs went flying, bro. Oh yeah, like yeah, bounced off the fucking walls. I'm like, <laughs> Holy shit! I said, okay, let me look up a video now. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, I can find these springs, you know. But yeah. yeah, it's fun. Okay, yeah, I don't like working on gearboxes, man. I did it uh, no. probably ten or more, a little, little more. But uh, I don't,
1: I don't like it. It's just, they're complicated. Like, I, I did that to an MP5 that I got that I won for free from eVike. And because I was going to drop an HPA engine in it and I took it apart and I never got back together. I just took it to a swap meet and got, someone can have it. I don't, I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> it's just all these
0: pieces and screws hanging out everywhere. I'm like,
1: oh, God. like this is a little more complicated than I thought.
0: <laughs> uh, right.
1: Ugh. Oh, shit.
0: Well, and then sometimes there's, uh, those little screws that hold the gearboxes together, they strip. Yeah. Cause they're really soft, shitty fucking metal, you know, whatever. Um, I actually still have, I ordered, I don't know, 50, uh, you know, little bags of 50 of those screws, different mm-hmm. sizes and shit for these gearboxes. And then, Then I was, and then it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm not working on these things anymore. Y'all just take them somewhere, okay? So, uh, (laughs) because I was editing all these videos, I'm like, I don't have time to find springs anymore. So, (laughs) I still have all those uh, bolts somewhere in the shed. But Mm. yeah. So, yeah, I saw on your uh, Instagram, you have, uh, you said you had, you've been playing for uh, 10 years.
1: Yeah, I've been playing for 10 years.
0: And you, so this is your bio on your uh, Instagram. This is how I found out. I do some stalking, right? So I can find <laughs> out some about people. And um, playing ten years and uh, been rocking a from Umbrella Armory. I got to be honest, I don't know what that is, and I didn't look it up.
1: Oh, you're good. Um, um, so it's actually so called. It? So it's um. So the technically the name is called an OCA. It's um Umbrella Armory's um own custom gun that they make. I actually have one. I actually have it with me right now.
0: Yeah, let's see it. Cool.
1: So this is their kind of custom rifle. As you can kind of tell. Oh nice. So it's just a standard M4. They what they mainly do to it is they buy the standard like M4 pieces like Mail Spec Rail. Um, just a custom receiver that they have, that they buy and they just kind of engrave their own labeling on it. Um, oh, that's what cool, they're yeah. what they're really known for, though, is their um, internal work. They do they make mm. probably the best internal work on the market. Really, they are they are a bit pricey to buy. But one of my buddies that I know, he has a sponsorship through him, yeah. and he talks to the owner all the time. And the reason why people kind of kind of complain because some of their guns, the Okaz they go for a uh, pricey piece of like two grand.
0: <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Hold on now. okay you're saying pricey i'm thinking okay 800 bucks you know like i I guess you know that's to me i don't know yeah two grand bro bro (laughs)
1: yeah that's kind of more of like the end of the line like if you don't want to tag but you've been playing for x amount of years and you just want to but they um they do amazing tech work my buddy my, my friend mike is what his name is his daughter has the, one of their first ever batches they made of them yeah, and it's been running for six years and it's only had, I think two things happen to it. Like it burnt the motor. Like there was a plate that came loose and then yeah. six years and, the, and then they actually burnt its motor out after six years or seven years of running just straight without any like tech work or anything checking on it. That's so they amazing. were like, they took it out and the, and the the motors in them have those little coils, copper coils in them, and they're like right. there was nothing. There was nothing left. Right. It was okay. gone. So
0: just yeah. So that's not the gun's fault. Like that is. Uh, yeah. Okay. No, it's just it's playing on it. Wear and tear.
1: Yeah. So they. It's like Damn. a three to. It's a three to four man group out there, and they're located in California. Okay. And it's like three or four people. That that's it. And really. They, and each and it's like an assembly line. So each person has their own thing that they do. Right to kind of smelt to tech work and all their stuff. And they put um, thousands of BBs through their equipment and stuff before they ship it out, just to make sure that it's prepared and ready for the field.
0: So when you (laughs) buy this, um, you know, at that price, you get it and you can, you don't have to really do anything. You Mm -hmm. know, like people do the, all the upgrades and shit. This is basically out of the box. It's ready to go with all the stuff that you're going to want, basically like to shoot straight and, decently far or whatever.
1: Yeah, pretty much. They they do have a couple other variants. They have made cheaper okay. ones. They they do have some that they make for about eight hundred dollars where they yeah. still do their own little tech work. It's not as in depth as right, buying right. some other more expensive ones, but still like it's a better kind of beginner's guide to you know, those who have played for X many years, if you don't want to spend your own yeah. money and learn how to tech and all that and have to go through that me- that headache.
0: Okay, so now, well, I'm glad you told me that this is, this answers the question I just had with somebody like in the last week and a half or so. I said, you know, people get their guns from what I've seen. Most people get their guns and immediately start upgrading and then they don't know what they're Mm -hmm. doing and then they, you know, they mess it up and they spend, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars on one gun and then it still isn't running perfect. So, yeah. Uh, And I asked, I can't remember who I was talking with when I said this, but I was like, so is is there somewhere you can just buy a gun ready to go out of the box that is, you know, so it's more expensive, but it is, I I could take it out, take it to the field. I don't have to upgrade it. It's ready to go. It's already upgraded with all the basic, you know, shit Mm -hmm. that everybody puts in it. And uh, Like, companies should offer a bare bones for somebody that wants to build their own shit and then a high end one that you don't have to mess with and that was a co- part of the conversation we were having so that answers my question i did not know i've heard of umbrella armory since i started mm-hmm. you know the youtube channel but uh, honestly i didn't know what i just thought they were like a parts distributor or something like that so i didn't they know.
1: Have, yeah they i mean they sell some of their own hardware kits that you can buy to install yeah. in your own stuff like they sell their own inner barrels that they Intervals and hop up units that they make
0: mm-hmm.
1: that come that pre that are pre assembled and everything that you can buy okay. to put in your guns. Um, there's that one. A yeah they they kind of do that and they also do sell a lot of their uh, their offshore parts. Like you know if they buy a Crytek, they'll buy a Crytek and then they'll strip the Crytek parts out of it and put their own parts in. So they'll sell those excess Crytek parts for people that want to buy and hmm. use those. So they are kind of a parts distributor person. That you can buy parts from. Okay. but They're more known for their guns and everything that they do their tech work on.
0: We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by Skirmish, the future of Airsoft gameplay management. Are you ready to take Airsoft to the next level? Skirmish's innovative gameplay solution keeps players and spectators engaged with real-time updates. Capture objectives, detonate targets, medic, and more at Skirmish-enabled fields. Skirmish tracks every action so you don't have to. Review past games, action by action, and follow your progress in national rankings. Phones are not required. If you want to find out more, head to skirmish.net. And check out episode 157 of this podcast where I talk with the owner of Skirmish about how it started and how it works. Stay connected, my friends. Dude, that's amazing though that uh, a gun like that would run for six years without you know any really major problems. You know, except for yeah, uh, obviously you know the the. I mean, that's an easy swap too.
1: Like the yeah, motor. they yeah they put in um they've they've recently switched within the past three years ago they switched to brushless motors so they can run a lot longer and they won't heat up. Is they'll only get about half as hot as when a normal motor would get.
0: Right. So yeah, I've seen that. That's cool. Okay. Well, man, I I would love to talk with one of those guys, uh, Umbrella Armory, because, um, you know, they're a big name. Like I said, I heard about them right away when we started Mm -hmm. the channel, but I didn't really know what, you know, what they did um, or the scope of what they did. So, but yeah, that's a, that's a good option for somebody that doesn't want to mess with with, uh, teching that if they have the money, you know, it gives them something to work towards. Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: You know, that's a, like you said, that's, Definitely a lot more expensive gun than you know what most people start out with for sure.
1: Oh yeah, like I, when I when people ask me what I run, I tell me yeah, I run this or this, but I also don't know, yeah, I've been playing for ten years. So I've, right, I've been to the ballpark of getting of starting with a basic hundred fifty dollar gun and working my way up slowly, uh, and so I just kind of found finally found my happy my happy spot with the guns that I have, and then it's kind of now just okay, what gear do I want to buy now and Gotcha. Stuff stuff fun stuff like that.
0: So you have so the MTW is is kind of a it, that's an um M four style as well, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so I actually have this one too with me.
0: Yeah. Um
1: it's the M4 style. But um yes. it runs off the deregulator, which a lot of HPA users use. Okay. So I have mine running through the back of the, the base plate, but sometimes I run it through the for, through the um the bottom of my grip. Oh, okay. So, that looks cool that's, too. Uh, that's that's the first one I got out of my higher end guns that I've had. That was the first one I bought back. about I want to say four years ago, I think.
0: The MTW. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh. So I got that one. I got that one first
0: and ran it. Yeah. And, then,
1: and I love I love Wolverine. They, when people ask me what I run for HP, I tell them just go with Wolverine. There's Polar Star is also a really good brand. I have used their stuff in the past, but. I just Wolverine is such a simple gun there. Their NTWs are really nice. You can open them up and it's just, okay, there's this, this, and this. like, there's no actual gearbox to their NTWs.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, depending on what you buy, if you buy, like they have them, um, that's different engines, the Inferno that would mm. run on a circuit board, or you can buy their um, Reaper M, which all it is is just a trigger. There's no electronics in it. So you can dunk it in water and just don't keep playing with it. And not oh, have so to worry. the
0: mechanical one, right?
1: Yeah, the mechanical
0: okay. one.
1: Okay. With the Inferno, you can still run. You can dunk it. They've done the. Um, they have a, a video series of them actually like beating their own gun and dunking in water, and it still shoots. What?
0: Mm. Oh my god! I would. Yeah, they, I'm gonna definitely have to check them out. Uh, they're they're one of the other ones too that I you know I've heard their name a lot, but I've, I haven't done any research on what you know the scope of what they do is you know either. So, um uh, yeah, man, that, doing a stress test on some of these guns is uh, is interesting because, especially for me coming in to Airsoft, like not knowing anything about it for, you know, just I, I just found out about it like three years ago. And
1: cool. then,
0: yeah, so my, two of my sons started playing uh, three and a half years ago and uh, I was paralyzed. I was coming out of an illness that I was paralyzed for a long time. Uh, well more than a year. So I uh once I was able to once I started getting better, um mm-hmm. I wanted something to do. So I started the channel. They were playing, I was like, here I'll film all this stuff. And that's where we ended up here. But um so I before that I didn't know anything about airsoft. I played paintball back in the late 90s, you know, mid nineties and um for like six years. So uh all these things, all what I'm hearing when I'm talking with people is yeah, I got this gun and, uh, you know, and then it broke and then I got this gun and then it broke. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, now I'm here, you know, so I'm like, oh, so air, airsoft guns break. That's, that's what they do. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. Sometimes they do when it happens, it kind of sucks, but sometimes it's a simple fix. Sometimes it's yeah. Okay. This might be a little deeper than I expect.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, the, speaking of this mechanical one, um, we had last year, one of the guys that we met through our channel who lives and, you know, we found out he lives fairly close with us, like within 30 minutes. He's been in a couple of videos on our channel and, uh, he built a Kythera maybe. Oh, Um, but anyway, it was, uh, it was similar set. It was a mechanical.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: he had the little pull cable in the back to reset the trigger thing or whatever, if it, if it locked up or something, I can't remember, but um, I guess that part on that particular engine was an issue because as I started learning and talking with more people, I think that, that thing would lock up sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, so seeing when they do these stress tests on their guns uh, is very useful. I'm sure to, uh, to find out, because I've, I've heard different things about uh, like the polar, or the uh, Kytheras, you know, that they're not yeah. really preferred, you know.
1: I've heard of that too, yeah. I, was like, I like those bigger companies, but at the same time, they get those stuff mass produced mm. as compared to um, Wolverine. They post a lot of videos on how they do their stuff, and there's, they're just not massively produced. They yeah. take the time and the effort to go through all of their piece and they get like an assembly line with their own workers doing the, like right. lubing the tubing and doing all that stuff. So they're inspecting their equipment as it goes. Yeah, as compared to certain of other companies where they mass produce their equipment, you could get a bad batch or you could get a good batch. It's a yep. hit and a miss,
0: for sure. So. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So how did you get into airsoft? You've been in for ten years. Did uh, you started when you were younger? Obviously.
1: Yeah. I um I got into it. There was a when I was living out at um, Eagle Mountain, I had a friend of mine out there that he uh, asked me one day if I wanted to go out and play airsoft, and I looked at him like, you know, what is that? Because I I grew up playing with Nerf guns and stupid oh, nice. stuff like that. So I was yeah. like, I, when I go outside and play with them, I'm like, I'm like, there's got to be something better than this, you know? And I looked at paintball, and then my friend showed me airsoft, and just right from then, I just kept on wanting to play. It just felt right to me, and I had a lot of fun doing it. You
0: know yeah it's
1: a little, not as aggressive as paintball but it's also you know you get more kind of more realistic stuff out of it
0: right now were you exposed to like growing up were you exposed to guns just regular guns in general uh, yeah
1: okay. i was a uh, i was exposed to that and growing up and stuff my my dad and my grandparents and all that so they kind of did learn to show me the ropes and all that and you know, being a good ch- being a good kid never touched it and anything
0: like that <laughs> right learned all the safety stuff and all that yeah okay yeah I think that's a lot of um, a, a big draw uh, or interest I think for a lot of people with airsoft is the uh, that the guns are replicas you know mm. they, they look like real guns uh, whereas paintball they don't you know they look like paintball guns um, but the big thing with paintball it, uh, what I've heard, is and I haven't played since like early two thousand, is that uh, it's very expensive to play because the paint is so expensive. So the gun's cheaper but the paint is expensive um, and that kind of thing. So whereas airsoft it's the exact opposite. Like the guns are more expensive, but the BBs are cheap as hell. You know, once you get your gun and a and a battery and a charger, Mm -hmm. you're pretty much set as long as that thing isn't Burn up, you know, and then you buy a shit ton of BBs for cheap, you know.
1: Yeah, especially at least with the the lower end, with the lower grams. I I kind of play with between two eights and three twos. Okay, so they're they're a little heavier, so the price up there is like yeah. twenty eight dollars to thirty two dollars for like five thousand rounds. So yeah. which lasts me, which lasts me for quite a while, but you know, sometimes it catches up to you real quick, though, and you're like, oh, I gotta buy another bottle.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, but definitely so not you go out for a long time and play, you're like, oh shit, I'm almost out.
1: Yeah. Especially my buddy Mike, he um he used to play paintball actually in the early nineties too and all that in California. And so he, he misses it a little bit. Like he was he would tell me stories about um how more paintball is a lot more advanced compared to what we compared to airsofting. Yeah. You know, you can plug in your nine volt battery and just play all day, but he's like, Yeah, the paint was just you know, you have a ball of paint, that you dropped it. All oh, your paint's useless, and that great. Or you, you, know, people. It just became more and more, and he was like, "Ah, oh, just got out of it."
0: Yeah. So. The uh, I, I follow a bunch of um, uh, paintball channels on Instagram, and uh, and I see all their videos. Where you know a lot of the videos where they're showing you know the gameplay or whatever, and these guys when they start. I mean, it'll, you know, like the slow motion and all this kind of stuff. And they're just pulling a, you know, they start, they're, they're feathering. And, bah, 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 and yeah. then they pull out one of their, you know, whatever hopper things or whatever, you know, to dump all the be uh, the balls in, into their hopper to refill. And, uh, and it's just going everywhere. Like half of their tube is going on the ground. And I'm like, yeah. what, bro, you're <laughs> Just, just wasted all that him. yeah no shit <laughs> dude jesus yeah that's funny okay now the uh the guys you play with do you have a a team that you guys play with or you just pick up whoever Well, you at the time
1: um at the time well when i first started i kind of just played with randoms and then when my and then i found out a place called milsom city that was in salt lake city they were um, an indoor airsoft arena, and that's where I started to go every Saturday, and that was like my bread and butter, You're playing indoor CQB stuff. So it was, oh. I had a lot of fun, and that's direction actually where I met my buddy Mike, uh, him and his family, and I met the owner and I'm owner of the owner of the AO, and just kind of became really good friends with everyone and all the employees there. And then they ended up shutting down due to just renting price was going up mm-hmm. too high for the owner to take care of gotcha but I, stayed with, I stayed with my friend I stayed with friends with them for a really long time and then we kind of all started playing outdoor and then a couple of them moved other ones started families and they just they didn't like outdoor as much as compared mm-hmm. to playing indoor Cqb mm-hmm. but me and Mike would go out almost every almost every weekend we'd go out and play and risk and we would play with this team called the Utah Savages. We'd see them every one. We'd see them around every once in a while. Talk to them, and then we start playing with them more and more. And then, just last year, they uh, invited us to join their team. So me, so that's the kind of the team that me and Mike, my friend Mike, run with now. And They're really cool guys, really awesome, and they like to play aggressive and hard. And we just kind of like get up in people's faces, like you know, let's do this. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. So, oh, that's cool. Hell yeah. Did you play? Uh, did you play sports in high school?
1: I didn't, I didn't play any sports in high school and I kind of regret that decision. Now I look back and I'm like, ah, I should have done something.
0: No, I mean, that's, uh, what I'm finding is, you know, a lot of the, you know, it's about 50, 50, honestly, like uh, most people I've talked with it's, um, you know, some, half of them haven't played sports growing up. But what I find is, uh, once they, you know, people, the ones that haven't get into airsoft, they're, uh, they're like, like what you just said, you know, we're aggressive, we push, we do this and that. And that's, uh, that's standard across the board, whether somebody's played sports and, you know, and has a sports background or not, mm-hmm. um, which is, is kind of interesting to me, I guess, because uh, it's for somebody that maybe didn't grow up like athletic, you know, like being forced into sport, not forced, but, you know, their parents yeah. put them into whatever, you know, as a kid growing up and then through high school or something, uh, some kind of physical activity like that, that's organized uh, and then, you know, they don't have that kind of background. They still end up in Airsoft being like, bro, this is the shit, man. Let's, let's just run and gun, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Oh yeah. It's it's a lot of fun. I really, I really enjoyed it. And it's just
0: like my all time favorite
1: hobby. I'm always trying to get people into it. Yeah. Telling my coworkers about it. I'm like, you know, if you ever want to go, just send me a text. I got plenty of gear. To, I got plenty of gear for people. So. Right. I'm always trying to grow the sport out here in Utah and. Kind of show people like it's really nothing, you know. Instead of staying home on the weekend, we just come out and just shoot a couple plastic BBs, you know. Right. Get you out of the house in the summertime.
0: Out of the house, you get some camaraderie, you know. Hang out with new people, get to meet people.
1: That's one of my favorite things about this sport is just meeting the awesome, just meeting amazing people. You know, it's just people you never thought you'd ever meet, and hearing the stories and other stories that people that people go through and all what they you know well oh, I went to this event and I saw this and this or I did this and that you know it just it just makes me happy seeing that kind of stuff especially the little ones when they start playing and how much fun they have and everything
0: yeah so yeah it's cool man it's, a, it's such a wild thing to me to um to see a hobby that is so broad that with uh, gameplay style with um age age range right mm-hmm. you have got like an indoor field, you can have 12 year olds playing with, you know, 45 year olds, you know, it's uh, a whole range of, of that. And then of course, outdoor as well. And then you got the mil sims that are hardcore three days or, you know, mil sim West kind of stuff, uh, yeah. speed soft. And I mean, all kind of different, there, there's almost something for everybody, every type of person, uh, to, you know, that, that gets into airsoft, they could just, go with whatever, you know, if they want to get into the gear or the guns, uh, you know, collecting. And, uh, one of the guys I talked with the guy in uh, Japan, uh, Medi-san, he's got a U- uh, YouTube channel that's uh, pretty big and he, uh, he started showing some of his guns off, bro. The whole freaking room was yeah. just packed when he, by the time he was done, cause he would take one off the wall, you know, and then show it and then lay it down and take another one off and lay it down. And, uh, I mean, just guns everywhere. It was crazy,
1: but you mm-hmm. know,
0: there's, uh, you know, people that get into the collecting of that. And, uh, and then of course the gear, are you big uh, into the, uh, the Gucci gears kind of stuff with the different um, camo patterns?
1: Sometimes kind of, it's a hit and a miss. Like it. To me, I think it was like kind of like a phase. Like you go through a phase for a while. And you're like, okay, I don't want to buy any of this. I don't really care for this. And then you kind of reach that little moment for a second. And you go, okay, maybe I will buy this uniform or something. Or just yeah. recently, I bought um some AR AOR two digital camo like that the Marines use and all that. Oh shit! Okay. I bought a I bought a pair of, bought some pants and all that because I saw that and I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. I could use that. But right. my kind of my kind of standard is just tan and green because that's what a lot of the Milsom operations use. Right. So I have a lot of that stuff. I try to sh- I'm trying to shrink it. I'm not trying to buy as much, but <laughs> someone's always coming out with new, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll try that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Now have you ever gotten into the cry thing? You know what I'm talking about? The uh some of the cry gear that's like supposed to I, be super expensive.
1: I haven't tried any of it, but my my, my friend Mike has. He actually okay. bought I think a, he bought a pair or two of the pants. Yeah. And He's he's been running them for three or four years and they nothing's happened to them.
0: Holy shit!
1: Yeah, you know, like a little fading here and there, but like no holes, no tears in them. I run Damn. a I run the company LBX and stuff. I really like them. Oh okay. They're, a little pricey, but not as pricey as Cry. But they they've held up. I my Ranger Green ones that I have they just dever- barely developed the hole in the right knee yeah but it's it's a two layer so where like they, they slide they have knee pads that slide in, but they just- barely got a hole I think after running them for four for four or five years, yeah, and that's my almost my go to uniform to wear every weekend, okay, so they just like probably within the last year just developed like a maybe a dying size hole after like four or five years of wearing them. Dude,
0: so that's good, yeah.
1: Yeah, they're really they're really good. I that's what I recommend people. I'm like you know if you're playing for X many years and then you want to look at getting a better uniform, I'd recommend them. They're about half the prices, cry, but the dirt, but the the way they're made, they'll last really long. Right.
0: So. Oh, that's cool. Okay. Hell yeah, man. Now what what was your uh, what was your biggest event you've been to so far?
1: Uh what did I say? Sorry, in the last year. I guess the 2022 we went to. I think the biggest one I probably would have been the Colorado for um, AMS is 1861. I think was the biggest one.
0: Oh, I didn't yeah, do, Okay, I did see that on Instagram. Yeah,
1: I didn't do too many um, last year. I think we did Jets game at the beginning of the year, which is pretty fun. I like going out to Victorville and playing at George Air Force Base. Right. And then a couple local events here in this in the, here in Utah. And then we went to Colorado. That one was a kind of kind of a completely different opportunity for me with AMS because there um there are a lot of building structures and this was just plain open field just up like up near the up in the kind of mountain terrainish area oh wow like it was just all woods and pine trees and stuff so it was kind of a different experience for me to play mm-hmm. with that with that group or with that organization but it was still a lot of fun so I highly mm-hmm. recommend like if people in Colorado are looking to play somewhere go to one of their event go to that event and you'll, they'll probably enjoy it because they'll probably be used to the terrain. Me, me and my guys we were yeah. like, okay, the elevation's a little <laughs> bit higher and there's a lot of <laughs> rolling hills.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I was talking with somebody recently, uh, one of the teams out in California and they were saying they went to something like that where, uh, they were at, you know, they're, they're where they're at in California. They're used to being at, you know, at sea level basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they went to somewhere. I thought it was in Utah, but it might have been in uh, Colorado. They're like elevation nine thousand, mm. and um, they could barely breathe. It was yep. like they were running through the, the woods. Like, holy shit, bro! <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so
1: you gotta play. if you're gonna do like those big events, you gotta train like yourself a little bit. Nothing super mm. bad, but you know, if you're kind of if you go to a place that's so gonna have a different elevation. Like, luckily for me, I'm always on my feet, always moving at my job. So wow. I was kind of prepared a little bit for the elevation, but it still, it still whooped me the first day going back to the cars after playing for like eight, nine hours. I was like, Oof. I just want to go to bed now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's wild. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you, so you've been to some of those American Mill Sims. I have. Yeah, that's cool. So I just, uh, I've heard of that, you know, I've heard of them. Obviously, Third Coast Airsoft, Milsim West, um Lion claws I think that's mostly it. But you know, for the big ones, uh have you ever thought about doing a Milsim West event?
1: I've actually i have thought okay. about it quite a few times. I want to. I've been looking at doing the one out there in George Air Force Base. It's kind of closer for me, and wouldn't have to pack as much um kind of outdoor equipment since so they have a lot of building structures. Gotcha. But I, I have looked at doing them. I know they are a little more strict, but after playing so many kind of. Sorry. After playing so many of these bigger events with these organizations, I'm like, all right, you know, they're, as a lot of people put it, they're kind of a glorified TDM match. Mm. As we're West, there are a lot of ex Rangers, ex military that I want to try and see what they're like. Yeah. So it, it has crossed my mind to try them.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: sorry. That, that's okay. The handoff.
1: Right, yeah. Making sure the computer doesn't
0: die. Oh, you're on a laptop.
1: Yeah, just on a basic laptop.
0: uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because if they, um, what I found, um, people that I've talked with, if they, uh, if their laptop starts going, like getting low on battery, it starts lagging out uh, Mm -hmm. and knock them off the call. Same with the phones. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Mill Sim West. yeah, I've heard a lot about them for sure. And uh people that so if you've gone to some bigger Milsims, like American Milsim events, uh you're definitely a lot more prepared for a Millsim West event, you know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, if I've I've done a lot of like YouTube videos, watching a lot of YouTube videos and they've talked to some of the people in their group chats on them and they're, they just tell you like, you know, you see these big events, but you really don't need to pack as much as you think. Mm. You know, like, just make sure you bring some decent decent clothing, decent sleeping equipment, food, also, yeah. you know, food and water to make it that X amount of time. And they'll, they'll have water on site, of course, too, so that's why I look at them. If I can fit it all in a LBX uh, light backpack and a, probably another duffel and a salt pack, I'm good to go.
0: You, know, you really thing. don't
1: need to pack much.
0: I saw this uh, video where, and I've heard this as well, the uh, Milsim West, you know, they have a list, a gear list or an item list, and um, they go over every item, like they make it, they make you, everyone line up and pull out every single thing out of their bag, so socks, all right, two pairs, this, you know, whatever, next on the list, next on the list, and if you don't have one of those things on the list, you cannot play.
1: Yeah, I have I have seen that tack ups they have, and luckily a yeah. lot of the stuff you need is in the red, which is like your standard stuff you really need, like you know, right. socks or something like.
0: Right, like you're going yeah, don't forget your socks, okay.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've had that <laughs> issue. In trouble. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you imagine uh, putting your boots on with um, trying to hike, you know, two miles with uh, with bare feet in your boots. Mm. Talk about blisters.
1: Right. Yeah, bro. Ooh. It's probably about as bad as if you're wearing new boots, are you really breaking in?
0: Oh, yeah. I always tell people. I told my boys when they started. I was like, hey, uh, where are you going? You know, I, I, I'm asking, like, because I didn't know. I wasn't familiar with what they were, you know, the Milsim stuff. And I'm like, Milsim, what is that? Oh, military simulation. I'm like, where is it? How? What, it's three days. I'm like, they're like, well, it's two and a half. We get there Friday, you know, and we leave Sunday, you know, early Early afternoon, whatever. And I'm like, and you're walking around, you're playing like it's a big, oh yeah, it's a big area. We gotta, you know, do this. It's kind of like, you know, military operation kind of thing for two and a half days. I'm like, and you're buying new boots that you've never worn, and you're taking. Oh. those. I was like, don't do that. What do you? All you got to do is ask me. I could have told you that, you know. And uh, and they're like, shut up. We don't want to, you know. I mean, I, <laughs> you yeah, know, they're right. they're my, I mean, I'm their dad, so they're like, we don't want to listen to you. Um, but I was like, man, do not, you're going to have blisters like crazy, bro. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and sure enough, you know, they, they did, they, they learn, you know, how to, but I always tell people when they, when I've talking with them on here, if they've never been to a milsim yet, I'm like, well, let me, let me give you some advice real quick. Don't take brand new boots to your first milsim. Yep. Get them ahead of time, like a month ahead of time, try to break them in, wear them wherever. I don't care around the house, where I'm at work or whatever, you know, mm. um, just get them loosened up a little bit so that uh, they don't rub your, your heel raw and you have a giant friggin blister on there. Cause y- you will not be comfortable. You'll be h- unhappy.
1: Oh yeah. I've learned with the uh, boots and gloves. I've learned with gloves. Another one. Um, if you don't break your gloves and I've bought a new pair of gloves, when at, a, at a, an event and, I wear them for like 20, 30 minutes. I'm like, I can't do this. Like, my hands aren't gripping it as well because it's all just brand new off the factory line. They've been sitting in a box or
0: something. Well, you, yeah, that's a good point. Uh, So, gloves as well, because they're real tight on the fingers Mm -hmm. Um, at first. They're not, you know, loose. They're not broken in. So, when you're holding your your grip and you're holding your gun, you know, you're in this position with your, your hands in those gloves for a long period of time. Uh, your fingers start going numb because they're not, you know, it's all squeezed together. It's, you know, tight material.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a good point. Now do you, uh, do you run, do you cut like the finger, your trigger finger?
1: Um, I used to, like, when open. I first, when I used to start playing, I actually ran fingerless gloves for the longest time when I started, yeah. when I started playing also was just because i was able to get them really cheap so i mm. kind of just ran those and i thought they were the coolest things that i've kind of now just run um i run mechanics gloves kind of like those mm. mechanic ones but they're just um they're not the hard padded ones i think they're just the soft coating ones so they feel right are comfortable for my fingers so i don't usually have to cut open cut them open like some people do right but i've never done it like that before so i don't know how it would feel to have mm. it cut open
0: Well, I've heard of people just, just snipping off the, uh, their trigger finger, um, glove, you know, Mm -hmm. just that one, uh, because it, you know, typically it's in the finger, it's in the uh, trigger guard, you know, usually your other fingers might, you know, will be exposed if you're not, if you don't have a glove on, but, uh, your trigger finger is usually pretty safe, but yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do you got? Uh, what do you got coming up this year? What uh, what do you what big plans you got for Mill Sims or
1: us? Uh, so far for the beginning of the year, we're going to me and my team are going out to uh, Mart, We're going out to that jet game out there in a uh, George Air Force Base in March, first mm-hmm. week of March. We're doing that. Wasn't my initial plan to go. I was trying to go to AMS's Arsenal game out in Indiana. I think it's at Butcherville. I think. Oh. At there at that training facility out there, and was going to try to go to that, but flight tickets, and kind of doing the oh. math on the price, and I was like, right. it's kind of cheaper if I just go to California. Mm. So, kind of that's the beginning of the year, and then trying to convince them to go to Copperhead down in New Mexico where they get their to 800 players out there, and I've been to that one twice. and
0: my oh, really? abs-
1: Yeah, my absolute favorite AO is New Mexico AMS's game. Like, no shit, it, okay. It's, it's a pricey one to go out to. I, I went to four and five with my friends out there and I've loved that field. The first time he we went, it actually had a rainstorm come through. So instead of like 90 degree weather, we had like maybe a nice cool 70 degrees with wow. like with cloud coverage. It was like just top notch, the best.
0: Oh, I'm really, sure, like,
1: probably the best game I've ever played.
0: Yeah. You're like, Holy crap. What a nice break.
1: Yeah. And then Crop at five, a year later we went again and I actually got a huge exhaustion and kind of towards the end of the day, and passed out at the hotel, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> oh so shit! That's one thing I definitely learned was water. Make sure to drink water, and whatever, just drink lots of water because oh, it is sure. not it is not fun being dehydrated or all well, that. you
0: know those uh, those videos these guys put out, um, like these event coordinators they put out where they're like, hey, uh, hydrate for these events and Gatorade is not hydrating. You know, they'll mm-hmm. always say that kind of stuff because uh, there's so many younger players that come out there that, you know, it's their first milsim sim or whatever. And uh, they're not used to running with, you know, 20, 30 pounds of gear on them and new boots. <laughs> and so, yeah. You know, like you have all this new stuff on your, your it's rigid and uh, you expend more energy. You sweat more uh, doing this kind of stuff. So, and you're, you're totally covered up, especially if you have a, a plate carrier on, like it, your chest and back are gonna be sweating like a motherfucker, like big time. Oh yeah. Oh uh,
1: yeah. Right. If worst you're exposed
0: <laughs> if it's humid or you're exposed in the sun, uh, okay. you're gonna be sweating your ass off. Um so they don't realize and they think Gatorade, they've been programmed to think that Gatorade hydrates you. Oh, because it has electrolytes. I'm like, bro, fucking water, okay. Just drink some water, and you'll be yeah. good. Like lots of water.
1: Yeah, I usually try to. Tr- I try to prep myself at least two weeks before the initial week of the event. Yeah. To just kind of, all right. So I know I'm hydrated. And I'm not just like just drinking that water. And we um sometimes we'll get these little flavor packets that I usually have electrolytes in them. That we'll put them in our bladder packs. We'll fill them up with ice, and then we'll freeze it the night before. So like Friday night after media day, we'll put them in the. Uh, hotel free freezers and stuff and keep them there. So in the morning and throughout the day, as that ice progressively melts, you're gaining water. So you're not having to stop and refill all the time your bladder packs.
0: It's a good idea. Yeah. So, well, plus it's cold too. So it's, that too, it's it does help cool it off. Yeah. Now what's the, uh, so you've been to some really big events, um, with lots of people. What is, uh, the worst, have you had an injury while you played and what's the worst one and where's the worst place you got shot?
1: Um, I think the worst injury, I'd probably say kind of kneeling in cactuses. They've probably oh, been the worst ones. Yeah. I've, I've had, I've had kneeling in a cactus a few times and not, not the big ones. It's little micro mini ones. So you uh-huh. get like the little needles in your knees. Oh, God. um, Those ones have hurt a lot. And I think the worst plot I've ever been shot was playing here in Utah. We were doing um, Operation Hardline. I think it was I think the first Hardline, I believe it was, we were playing in a in this three-story furniture building. And it was pitch black in this area and I'm walking by and I took a headshot to the dome and within (laughs) probably two, three seconds of it, I get this massive migraine. Holy shit. Yeah, it it hit me pretty hard. It like knocked me for a second. I was like, Okay, that's a headache.
0: Oh my god! So you didn't? You just had goggles on, or would you, you a, have face covering? Yeah, so I had a face covering,
1: and uh, I had a hat on with a bump cap underneath. But it kind of found that soft spot between the helmet and the glass. Like,
0: why does it always do that, bro? That's so words, common.
1: Those ones and the I think the other ones that hurt the most when you get when you get hit in the side. Oh, it's just like that, it's like okay. that knife sob spot on you, and it oh, just it yeah. rings, and are like, okay, <laughs> you' know, gonna walk away for a minute going, I' gonna feel oh, that dude. tomorrow,
0: yes, yeah, I swear these little fuckers find the the spot that is not covered. the babies it's so weird to me how um you'll be geared up like the like like that where you got shot in the in the head. I've heard that story so many times where somebody has a hat on and they have the goggles and there's this little spot right here
1: and mm. that's where they get
0: hit. It's just strange. Like, I mean, there's not that many BBs flying around. Like, it's not like a swarm of, you know, yeah, thousands, it's that,
1: that 10, one thousands, BB. Yeah. Right. It's okay. Like to me, when that happens, I'm like, like, what you put a little heat seeker on or to find the, on <laughs> the skin?
0: It is. I swear, man, for real. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. So, you know, I haven't played. So I, my experience with uh, paintball, uh, you know, I've gotten shot a bunch with that and we just wore jeans and a t-shirt. We didn't wear any gear. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to get the biggest welt, you know, to show off, um, mm-hmm. at the end, you know? So, uh, I mean, we're just, and it, it fucking hurts. But, um, the, uh, one time I got shot with, well, that's not one time. Uh, one time here, I got, I made them shoot me with, um, we had a, uh, oh, I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, it was like a submachine gun from like the 1950s or whatever replica we got in one of these mystery okay. boxes, had a 90 round mid cap that came with it and was, it you know, right out of the box it was shooting. It was full metal too, man. This thing was badass, but, uh, it was one of those side fed. Magazines, you know? Okay. Like you that's see pretty in cool. like World War Two kind of yeah, thing, whatever. But um <clears throat> this thing was shooting three eighty FPS with point twos. It was shooting, I think, eighteen or something like that, almost twenty rounds a second. So I had I had them fill the mag. I said and I was talking shit about airsoft. This is early in our channel, and I'm mm-hmm. talking shit about it the whole time. I'm like, these BBs don't hurt, there's no way. I, I worked on these guns. There's no way this little tiny plastic thing, you know, that I've I've loaded these magazines. They're light as hell. Uh, there's yeah. no way it hurt. So I had them shoot me in the hand, like on the top right here. Mm. I just stood like this. And they were about 30 feet away. Uh, and I said, go ahead, full auto, dump the mag on my hand. They're like, no, dude. I'm like, just do it. I got a beer in this hand, and I'm holding this hand out. <laughs> and, uh, bro, holy shit. It was... I mean, it wrecked my hand. I got pictures on my Instagram.
1: Oh, uh, let's like. see if I can find it. <laughs> yeah, if
0: you scroll way down, you'll see it. Um, I think I put a little tiny video where I'm I'm actually going like this in front of a Target where you see all the blood splatter, you know, the blood Ooh. blisters all over. And then uh, I don't know if I put it on our Instagram, but I, like the next day, I put my hands up like this, a comparison, mm-hmm. and this thing was like this high. Oh, yeah. It was, they... Oh, it was
1: bad. Ugh. Was bad. Yeah, so you, some, you just get some that are like that don't hurt as much, but then you get some that are like, "Wow, that yeah. really put a bump there."
0: <laughs> no shit, right? Hell yeah. Well, oh. cool, man. Well, you got uh, so how many guns you have right now? Like, do you have a, a collection of guns, or you? Um, I mean, you have the two that you like, but
1: I do have a third one. I got. I have a total of four on my own personal own. I have um an MP5 from Umbrella Armory also. Oh nice. And then and then I have um an LMG that I have that I use sometimes, but not super often.
0: Which one is that?
1: Is it um, it's, it's um the CMG sixteen from uh GNG Armament.
0: Okay.
1: Um so it's not like a it's just kind of like a an um it's an M4, but it takes like a box mag that they kind of made themselves that like you can use oh, in between okay. an M4s. Uh-huh. I did used to, I always wanted to get an LMG, and yeah. then I kind of ran some of my, my buddy's um, M249 Featherlight, yeah. and I ran that, and just kind of, really wasn't my play style, I kind of be like the quick, I've always been kind of more of an M4 and SMG, kind of quick and fast, back and forth, kind of, Right. you know, get up there, do the objective, and then hurry and get back if need be, or, mm-hmm. so.
0: Yeah, it makes sense yeah the g and g's are uh they're not bad man for um especially for like starter guns oh no
1: yeah that's that's one i'd highly recommend to people is um the g and gs like you know $150, 200 hundred and fifty two hundred dollars you can get a pretty good one that could last you quite a long time if you if you get a lucky batch
0: right yeah and you don't really have to do too much to them, like especially if you're not playing like every weekend mm-hmm. um or for you know if you're if you're only going for like one day like if you go to the, uh just pick up games or whatever open play like on a you know, couple times a month on a Saturday yeah you're not really you know a mil sim you're gonna use it's gonna get used a lot more um in those three days or whatever but the uh the one day plays you know you're playing for what five six hours um you know you're not you're not spamming the trigger you know. Ten thousand rounds or nothing. So, mm-hmm. they're uh they're pretty solid. We have a ARP nine up here, and then somebody, I think it was Johnny's cousin, got a CM sixteen. You know, combat right. machine. Yeah, I've
1: heard, one heard those ones. I've heard those ones are pretty good. The um, I actually had an ARP nine from G and G, and I loved it. Like, yeah, probably one of my mother most favorite SMGs next to the MP five. Like. That thing is just was a beast right out of the box, just hitting people 200 feet away. And it was just all completely stock. Like, yeah, bravo to G&G for making something like something that great. And then they came out with their Mark II version with their slightly longer rail system. And by that point, though, I got my MP5. And that's what I always really wanted.
0: Okay, I was like, all right, I'm going to stick with this. Dude, MP5s are really popular, man. A lot of people like that. They really are. They're. Yeah
1: they're a bit hard to like tack on. That's one I had that I was trying to do an HPA for it and the gearbox and just taking apart the whole thing. It's not like taking an M4 apart where it's a simple pit, like two pins you pop out, it's sliding it on and then you got like to take the lower portion off. And it was a lot more complicated than I thought when I first started. So I was like, Oh, I'm not never cracking one of these open again.
0: And really see, I've never seen a video on it and I've never, uh, we've never had one. So I don't, I never knew, you know, if it's, hard to take apart or whatever but yeah i know that they're popular like a lot of people like them
1: hmm. i think they're really good for like close like for kind of close quarter you know building to building kind of stuff range wise they're kind of a hit and a miss okay
0: Wow. Uh, now you you got one from umbrella armory so it, was it one of those high end ones that was yeah. like that
1: yeah so they took the um the elite forces um i think it's the mp5a4 and they just kind of gutted the inside of it and did their own tech work to it, upgrading everything in it to kind of faster fire rate, quicker response, and all that kind of stuff and and better hop up system in it, okay. but the exterior wise if it's all the it's
0: all from elite force,
1: okay so
0: yeah, but that, I mean you know really the the internals is what makes a difference, right
1: yeah, the internals what makes a difference you know, like the rate of fire distance, and all that kind of. And if you have a good, really good hop up, unit, you could get really good distance. Yeah. And then, you know, rate of fire. I'm not super crazy about like super fast rate of fire, but I don't like want a slower, slow rate of fire either. Right. So
0: I gotcha. Hell yeah, man. Well, listen, man, it's been awesome talking with you and good to uh, get to meet you finally. Um, I just found out about your YouTube channel or your, uh, your Instagram, like just a few days ago or like last week. Whenever yeah. I message you the the day I messaged you about being on that was I think that was like the day before I just found out about your, uh, your channel. Um, oh God. I can't remember who shouted you out okay. when I was talking with them. I think it
1: was the, the Jester team. I think out there in Cali, I yeah, think it was, they were, they're really cool guys. I met them at the um, last year's Copperhead and okay. talk with them and met them. And they were really cool. I, I like them. They, are, I think two of them actually came out to our game out here in Utah for the Hiawatha Hardline. Oh, so two okay. of them traveled all the way out from California yeah. out here to come play. So it was cool to see them again and talk to them.
0: Yeah, I so. think that's what they were talking about when they, they mentioned you. Um, matter of fact, their, their podcast that I talked with them comes out tomorrow morning. So
1: Oh, cool, yeah. Uh, I'll be listening yeah. to that while I'm at work
0: then. You know, <laughs>
1: then I'm doing my thing, and that's what I'll put in. I'll be like... Like I was listening to K Factors the other day, and it was really oh, cool to yeah. listen to that one. I remember he he said something about it when he did his uh, review and everything. So I was like, "All right." I was like, "Oh, you know, I've I've tried doing airsoft. I've looked at airsoft podcasters, and I've tried some other ones that people make. And I'm just like, well, oh, I'm not that good, but I listened to yours. And I was like, I like this one. Oh, thanks, I like, this, you I like this guys' podcast. So
0: I appreciate it. Well, honestly, I feel like um, I feel like they're not that good." On my end, uh, mm-hmm. I just, you know, the, like you're, you guys, my guests are the ones that are, I try to put the spotlight on you guys. So, you know, cause I'm trying to find out what, uh what got you into Airsoft? What, you know, what are you excited about? Well, you know, what are you looking forward to? That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I, when I, when somebody tells me, I always laugh when somebody tells me like, Oh yeah, man, I, I found your, uh you know, your podcast like recently. And I've, I've listened to, I don't know, a, a, a lot of them over the last week. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm sorry, you know? <laughs> so, uh, like, oh, my God, you had to hear me talk too much. But, um, yeah. No, it's cool, dude. I, I uh, Well, one thing's for sure is, and I follow a lot of uh, Airsoft podcasts as well, and I listen to a lot of different ones, is um, it's hard to find some that are very consistent that put them out, you know, put out a lot of them like they'll they'll put out one a week and then they'll then you'll see them there they won't be there won't be one for weeks and then uh and then they'll put out one more and then they'll you know or once a month you know and it's like there's not really a whole lot out there um that has a lot of episodes yeah so that's something i wanted to do with ours was uh i mean there's so many people to talk with um, like when I'm talking, like I said, you know, I just found you, found out about you from Jester and then, uh, you know, I'm, I'm listening to all these different people talk about somebody else or who they played with. And, um, it just leads to the next person that I'm curious about. So
1: it's nice. pretty cool, you know, that's really cool. Yeah. It, you know, that's what I really liked about yours too. It's just like, you're consistent with it, but it's like, you know, not these super famous airsofters you see on YouTube. It's just normal yeah. day people that just go out and play and you know where they play and what their and what their experience is like. And I think that's really cool that you are able to get a hold of a, a hold of people like us and just ask us these questions so we can, you know, look back and kind of go, Well, oh, you know, look what I look kids, look what I did. <laughs> look yeah, at for sure, man. You know, it kinda maybe I look at it like it also helps with people that want to get into, it, you know, what's good and what's bad and, you know, where you mm-hmm. should start with. So instead of just going to YouTube and watching these People that have like, you know, million subscribers, you know, you can ask it from people that right. have been playing maybe even longer mm-hmm. and can show you, then they can do, you know, show them the ropes on how to do it. You know,
0: that's, that's who I want to talk to man. Uh, for real. I, you know, I'm not, I, I was never looking for um, like, Oh, uh, how many views can I get on this thing? So I want to have, you know, the bigger YouTube channels on here as guests. Uh, I never thought about that. It was more of on a personal level. Uh, you know, if you and I met in person, we talk. you know, similar how we're talking now and
1: mm-hmm. just
0: a casual conversation. And, uh, I want to talk with the people that have been playing for a while that really have never done a podcast, have never really, you know, they don't have a big, uh, Instagram or YouTube channel or whatever. Um, I like, that's, I like talking with people like that, you know, um, they have a lot of experience in it. But, uh, if you just looked at their social media stuff, you know, a lot of people would go, well, they don't, they don't really have a big, you know, following. Yeah. But this guy has like, you know, tons of experience with, you know, that kind of thing. I like giving people a voice. I want to put the spotlight on somebody that's, uh, never been, uh, you know, or never had that, I guess, you know, if they want that. So thanks. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude.
1: That's really cool.
0: Well, speaking of that, uh, where can, uh, where can everybody find you online?
1: Um, stuff. I just barely have an Instagram.
0: So it's just Airsoft Tundra. You know, I just,
1: I kind of barely made it just a few years. I think about a year, two years ago, I think. I can't okay. really remember what I made. I just, just one day I just was on my own Instagram and I was like, you know what? I'm going to make an air, I want to make an Instagram account on my airsoft, and and just kind of see where it goes. Good. You know, it's kind of just show sh- share people what I do and what I like to do. And you know, if it, go somewhere if it, if it does if it doesn't i don't care it's just something to kind of post about because yep. just that'd be fun to share and because you know we get these photographers out here in utah and you have these bigger events they get all these pictures and stuff and i'm like well you yeah. know all, all these other people are making these accounts for them i'll just try for it and see what happens hell yeah so Good. nothing nothing okay. crazy behind it and I'm, i've looked at i'm looked at maybe doing youtube i don't know yet i got to kind of learn how to do all that stuff and just do that for fun. I don't want to not trying to make it like my career to do. Just <laughs> something, something on the side would be fun to do to show people, Oh, look up, you know, right. look at these, look at this event that I went to. And cause I know a lot Good of people when they try to find these events, they want to go to, you can't find too much footage on, especially these older places where people are starting to play it again. And at the time right. they really didn't have footage of it. So, you know, what do you expect when you're going into it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I'll tell you right now, if you do start the uh, YouTube thing and you start recording all this stuff, uh, welcome to the rabbit hole um, of editing and uh, yeah, because you once you start, it's like oh, I want to, you know, it, it just it takes you down that road. Kind of like getting into airsoft, you know, when you're <laughs> with all the all the gears and the gear and guns and and that kind of shit. Yeah. So if somebody is in uh, – if somebody hears this or watches this and they're in uh, close to your area mm-hmm. of Utah and they want to play, you know, at some events that you're playing, like just pickup games or whatever, you know, on the weekends, where would they find, like, where to play with you guys?
1: Um, I would recommend looking up uh, kind of a place to find a lot of people that play. Go to Utah Airsoft on Facebook. Gotcha. Um they're kind of the big, they're kind of the big social hub for Utah, where like a lot of events are shared and where we go. Sometimes I'm on there posting things about, you know, hey guys, this event's coming up. If anyone wants to attend, or if they even want to reach out to me on the, in Instagram, and I'll get back to them and let them know, hey, I'll be at this event at this location or something. Okay. So, you know, like, I'm always glad to I'm always glad to, to meet people and you know show off some of my gear and you know let people borrow some of my gear because they have a lot of it so you know if they want to come out and play but they don't have anything well here you go. i got a spare vest and it's got a spare gun and a mag they can use and right. you know just have fun
0: right oh that's cool good man so, well listen brother it's been awesome talking with you thank you so much for your time and uh yeah good luck at your future events with uh with all your MILSIMs. sims you're going to be going to this year
1: <laughs> much appreciated thanks for having me on here so right, it's brother, been an awesome time. I was super oh, pumped good. about this.
0: So Oh, I'm glad, man. Yeah. I appreciate that you were so uh you know, open with your schedule to be on. Like it was really easy to schedule stuff with you, so I do appreciate that.
1: Cool. Well, thanks for having me again.
0: All right, brother. Have a good night. Hey,
1: you too, see ya.